This episode of Modern Manhood Cold Takes is brought to you by Yeg Podfest, presented by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Alberta Podcast Network and Litfest, Canada's nonfiction festival. So running October 1st through the 3rd, Yeg Podfest will be held online this year so everyone can turn in and to experience it. So events include masterclasses with professional podcasters, panel discussions, feature interviews, and more. Last year, I was on Yeg Podfest, uh, one of the panels, and I had a lovely time, and I met some amazing people through that process. So totally, totally endorse this festival. It's going to be amazing, especially if you're a podcaster like myself. And some of the APN's member shows will be there too. So join us for the virtual party from October 1st through the 3rd. So check out the full lineup and get tickets, head over to yegpodfest.ca. That's Y-E-G podfest.ca. This episode of Cold Takes is also brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a good life in an equally good society? One where people, businesses, and the environment can flourish. Alberta Better, a podcast by the Business Council of Alberta, is on a journey to understand what it takes to create a good life here in Alberta and how we, as Albertans, businesses, and governments, can shape our society so everyone prospers. Find new episodes of Alberta Better on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash albertabetterpodcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash albertabetterpodcast. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another version of Cold Takes. Thank you for being here. If you are here, if you're um, watching this later, or if you're listening to this on Modern Manhood, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of like technical thing that was going on beforehand, so I appreciate if you click on a link before. Uh, yeah, there's going to be another link. Uh, however, um, we're so happy to do this uh, on another thursday uh to do cold takes i i'm my name is herman i'm here with veronica and samantha hello everyone hi hi um today we're going to talk about fashion um and i brought my most fashionist uh shirt as you can tell just a straight up black shirt (laughs) i definitely feel like the most underdressed person in in this group Uh, i'm also wearing a black shirt oh well there we go i'm pretty sure i got this from a lost and found so i don't know if that counts vintage yeah it counts it's thrifted it's thrifted exactly exactly yeah yeah that's exactly it so it is uh that helps out for sure. Um, so, <laughs> so um, first of all, how are we doing? How, how's everyone doing today? We're okay. We're okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more, Samantha. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your week, your uh, month. How's well, it's been? interesting. I, I was actually thinking to myself, it's like, oh, what am I thinking about these days that I want to talk about, like, in casual banter? for this show and um i've been watching the show community yes and i had never watched community. it before and it's amazing and the abed is like the most amazing thing yes. ever and yes. i like i've it's been on my mind because there's so many different um 
like interesting undertones within their in- interpersonal relationships and mm-hmm. the use of obviously all of the tropes from different TV shows and things like that. Um, but one of the things that uh, I appreciated was just like there's this kind of like a and non like a implicit conversation about like neurodivergent people and like the brilliance and how awesome it is and it's so it just feels a little bit I won't I don't want to say ahead of its time because it was literally like five years ago but it just feels <laughs> nice to just see like a show that's so mainstream kind of tackling mental health and in, in a way in a way you know so yeah yeah for sure I uh I totally totally agree I love Community I, re- I remember watching it when it was like airing like one by one i remember i remember first of all like not really was like into it until i got to like the paintball episode and then i was like i'm like okay i'm in (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah i'm a a big fan of community and like um donald glover was like a revelation in that show and like yeah same thing with like abed as well too um it's and their friendship is awesome yeah it really is a, bro- really a bromance for the ages. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what made for you sure. start? Uh, oh, sorry to interrupt. What made you start watching communities, Metha? I've been going through different shows that are old that I've never seen. So this is like one of like three, maybe. Like I finished watching like The Flash recently, and I'm just watching things that I've always wanted to watch that I've never watched. So nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what do you, um, do you, do you like community Veronica? I have seen it. I didn't watch it all the way through because this is my problem. Um, my attention span is not very long. So I pick up shows and I usually don't finish them. (laughs) Like I usually stop, uh, because something else is like, Ooh, shiny. And then (laughs) you just like go start doing something else. I do this with books. I do it with like a a bunch of stuff. So, uh, video games, (laughs) I'm like, like, I only have the castle left in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, like their most recent, or I think it was one of their most recent ones. Um, mm-hmm. I'm playing it on the Wii U and I love it. But yeah, I have, I only have like the castle and Ganondorf to beat, but I'm like, no, <laughs> just apparently never going to do that. So I've done like everything else <laughs> in the game except the final. Yeah. So it's, it's bad. My attention span is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you stop? Like what, why did you stop at like the last boss there? Why do I stop? Well, also partially because I didn't want it to like be over. Cause it's always actually very mm. sad to like finish a game like that. You're just like, oh, I don't want to. It's almost the same with like books and shows that I like too. Cause when they're done, I'm like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want that to be done. So you just stop and then it never has to like, you could just like stay in this, the space where it isn't finished. Um, don't know if that, what that says about me, but let's not dive into it too much. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, cool. That's, that's, that's excellent. I, I, for myself, like, yeah, I was telling Veronica that I, I, today I met, um, a dog that we might adopt. So, um, very excited about that. And hopefully that all goes well. Um, she seems like a very sweet dog. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's like a, I've always wanted to have like like a rescue dog from our for ourselves. And so when we bought our place, we we're like, okay, let's just do this town. Um, because we have a cat and now we had we had it took us a while to kind of like try to find a dog that um can be good with cats and can be chill for with my with my wife as well too, because she's not really like she doesn't have like dog experience. So um I want 
her to have like a good a good experience with dogs and um I hope that this that this will work really well. And she seems she seems like a sweetheart. So um I'm very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that might that might work out really well. So um but like like cultural wise, like I was yeah, I was thinking a lot about like the Met Gala, and that's the reason why we're like, oh, let's just talk about fashion. because uh, there's a lot of things that brought up um this week. Um uh, you know, <laughs> there is an election coming in Canada, like in Monday. Um, mm. Have you voted, Veronica? Have you advanced voted? I did not advance vote. I'm going to go on Monday. You're going to go on Monday? You're going to go on the day of? Yep. Yeah. I went to advance votes and it was, it was, a, it was a hassle. I don't know why. <laughs> it was like a ridiculous hassle. I, I'm always like, why is democracy so hard? <laughs> why is this? Why does? Why do people make this so damn hard? <laughs> like, and I guess that's that's part of the thing too, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if uh, compared to the American experience, it's that hard though. Like, I'm just thinking about like yeah. voter suppression and things that like yeah, we don't I was just thinking gerrymandering and stuff yeah, like that. We yeah, we don't have the same issues for sure. Did it? Didn't you're here. you're in California, right? Didn't you have like an yeah. election just recently? Yeah, Gavin Newsom just got not recalled yesterday. <gasps> so <laughs> we're all or not yesterday, the day before yesterday, but they announced it yesterday. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's still our governor. I mean, he's not great, but obviously we didn't want the other dude, Elder. He's like he was I like mean, a radio talk show host or something like that. Really? What? I mean, it's just like, you can't, you can't, like, every type of bad he is. And, like, I don't say that often about people, but it's just, like, in terms of if you're looking at just your political issues, the things you care about, the things that are just, like, about the, the just, like, the public well-being, he's just, like, against all of those things. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't, like, why are you so bad? <laughs> like, saying things like George Zimmerman is, like, the best for, I, and it's like, I'm reluctant. I'm not necessarily saying that he's, I, I'm not, I'm not in a position to comment on anybody's like actual moral compass, but he says so many bad things. Like, why are you saying that George Zimmerman or, 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 yeah, he says something about George Zimmerman being like, should have been like more like applauded for what he did or like his, his <laughs> and I'm like, but we've what? identified that he murdered somebody yeah. in cold blood who was like completely unarmed. So like the point of that is just to bait. It's just to bait and to get racists on your side so that they'll vote for you. And it's like, in the name of what? In the name of money and fame? Like, for what? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that worth to you? Like, what is, I don't, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Long story Yikes. short. Thankfully, we still have Gavin Newsom. Um, yeah, and it was a big, like, it was a big win, too. It wasn't like almost like 70% or was it 70%? I don't know what the end was, but like, it was yeah. like a big substantial win. Um, which I was, was like, it. good because I can't believe that this was even in. But you know, hey, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds stressful. It costs two hundred million dollars to do that. What a waste! Like, yes. What a like waste that. of money like, for him to just stay in office and for like, like, what's gonna is, is like now that he's in office, like, what's the like? How are you gonna hold him accountable now? You know, mm-hmm. like he like went through, we spent all this money, and now he's still here. So now it's kind of like, I, I mean. Whatever happens now, it's kind of like, I mean, y'all try to get me out. You can't get me out. So, like, what's the <laughs> point of him, like, rising up? You know, like, Gavin Newsom is not the type of politician that should not be held accountable. He's somebody whose feet you need to hold to the fire, obviously. For sure. So, anyway. Like, yeah, like any politician. It's 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 so, it's, yeah, it's fascinating how that was. And, 
and it, yeah, it just seemed like a weird, like, just like cultural world kind of thing. And it's, it sucks. Cause it's like, yeah, you're right. It's like $200 million to do that election. And you're like, yeah, that money could have been spent so much better ways. And, and this is pointless. And, you know, um, we're in Alberta, we're going to go through some pointless elections pretty quickly here as well, too. Uh, about like the equalization payment as well, too. And you mean and referendums? The- the referendums, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, we're going to go through that pretty soon. Uh, I'm <laughs> it's like at the end yes. of October. So psyched. <laughs> so are y'all voting for everything or no. just like... We, oh, okay. we never let's... have referendums. This is like Fairly, straight yeah. up Kenny pandering to his base. There are people in our province who want to separate from Canada for like God knows why, right? Because they think that like all the, well they think that yeah they think that all the money from our province is going to other provinces which like we do have like ways in which like to make life kind of similar for you know everyone across Canada we do have like taxes that go to the federal government and then are redistributed to other provinces that don't make as much money like our province is super oil rich and that's like why everyone thinks it's like super unfair that so much of our money goes to support life like elsewhere in Canada to be like affordable mm-hmm. and livable but it's like, whatever, guys, we would not be better off. <laughs> we would not be better off if we were like our own country. We'd be what? A landlocked country. We'd with... be absorbed by the U.S. in in 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's like this, this <laughs> would not would happen. Sorry in anything. advance. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, a, that's what would happen. <laughs> it's very wild to me that anyone thinks that we'd be better off. Like... And that there are people in our province that think we'd be better off with private healthcare or private schools when we have like very strong public systems that keep us, you know, alive and educated. Like, it's pretty insane. Um, I don't know. We have a strange, we live in a very weird place. Samantha, it's very strange. (laughs) (laughs) And like this thing with elections right now in, in Canada, it's, it's, it is a new thing. Like we, like, it's just because we have a minority government and, um, they he wanted to call an election so he can gain more seats and and all of a sudden like we have our federal election on the 20th and we have our municipal elections at the end of october the 18th yeah. and that's one of the two referendums at the same time so it's like all the, like we don't vote that much but all of a sudden it's like oh, okay we're voting for everything now okay cool uh so <laughs> like i hate, freaking hate this and it's like we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're like oh yeah let's go out and vote uh it just doesn't make sense and whatever yeah. it's such it's a weird politics thing and it's, it's, it's like we're gonna backfire on Trudeau if he ends up not getting yeah. a majority. Oh, it's just gonna be. Too. It's like, just gonna. We're just gonna end up in the same place. We're just gonna. Uh, just, whatever. We're not. This is not the politics top. That's this is not the politics That's right. show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No more. No more. No more. This is okay. Yeah. We we decided this is this is not gonna talk about politics. um I do want to say though that Coltix is um, before we even begin our, our major topic is because uh, Coltix cannot be here without you know without our support of our inner circle members. Um, so make sure that if you love what we do, heart to you. Do this right now. There we go. Or like the Korean way that's that we do the that tiny too. Finger <laughs> the tiny finger heart. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um that is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Korean dad, Korean dad. Um yeah. Oh. yeah. oh, you gotta look that up. Um Not, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> um so uh yeah, we can't we can't do this without your support. We can't do modern manhood without your support. We can't do anything 
uh, without your support. So we really appreciate your support. So um, shout out to everybody who's in the Inner Circle. Shout out to uh, everybody commenting on the Inner Circle as well, too. There's been a lot of really great discussions. And, you know, Veronica, you actually posted a topic that had like, I don't know, like 40 comments now of one of our icebreakers. So I'm just like, that's fantastic. And I think that's a cool way of like uh, creating discussion. So shout outs to you. Shout outs to you. We love you. Um, as well, uh, this podcast cannot be done without the support of Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown, community supported. Make sure you check out any of the stuff that's going on at the Alberta Podcast Network. Um, if you are in Alberta and you're like, hey, I want to learn more about politics and what's going on, check out the Day Alberta Podcast. Um, They've been really good at just kind of breaking down what's going on, like in the horse race stuff. Like, hey, you want to know about your counselor? Hey, you want to know about who's running for your office? Like, go check out that that website. Uh, they'll tell you all about uh, who are in the races and um, hopefully make decisions for you before Monday. So because this will come out on Sunday. So if you listen to it on Sunday, you will be able to listen to it and be like, hmm, who should I vote for? Maybe you vote for somebody else. Um, so, yeah, we we're not going to tell you who to vote for. Might tell you who we're not vote for, but <laughs> um, yes, we'll leave it no at that. Than me. Yeah, we'll see. No we'll than see me. who we get. It depends like, on who we get. No, on the recall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I think whoever whoever joins next gen men knows our political values very well. We, yeah, I think that's. There's, there's, yeah, definitely we, we can say with, you know, with pretty certainty about who we think we shouldn't vote for, but who you should vote for, I think that's up in the air. Um, so that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. But again, we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about <laughs> fashion. Actually, you know what? This is a good segue because we are kind of talk this this next topic is a little political. Um because we're going to talk about uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um oh. Yeah, let's talk about her. Um uh, yeah, the Met Gala more broadly and her dress for sure needs to feature. Yes. Veronica, do you want to you want to set the stage? Sure. Um so I only know what I know from the internet as per usual. So I hope that I get all the details correct, but um, from what I do know, um, AOC was invited to the Met Gala. I don't think she had mm -hmm. to pay the like enormous ticket price, but she was just invited. She's to a, she's attend. a local member of government. Exactly. So yeah. She so, gets invited yeah. to these things. Yes. Yeah. And she had worked with a, um, a local designer on the dress. They, they had, mm -hmm taken a dress that was already made and then added the slogan to the back of it that says tax the rich. And so she wore that to the Met Gala full of very, very rich people <laughs> and yes. uh, folks on the right and various sides of the center and left had lots to say about the dress. So I would turn to our resident American. Um, did you hear what, oh. or what did you hear? Yeah, what did you, yeah, what you. did you hear about about the dress and, and the conversation? Right? Like, 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 who, who is, who is that American? What we're talking about? You, did, yeah. So, what did what did you hear about it, or what what did you see about it? I mean, what I heard, I I don't follow like a lot of like far like far right people, and I don't watch a lot of news on TV. Um, so all of it's a lot of social media stuff mm -hmm. and like just reading articles and stuff. And so, you know, a lot of people on the left, like on the kind of for the, 
further to the left than the center, but probably still in the middle, um, were very kind of like, oh, interesting that she should wear this dress at an event that cost $35,000 a ticket. And then people were like, well, she didn't pay for the ticket. And her, you know, designer is an immigrant and she's black and yay. And it's like, so, I mean, I heard a lot of different things. I think at the end of the day, like everybody's right. Like, I think that, you know, AOC is now a politician. She Mm -hmm. is a congresswoman. Like she, that she's going to play the game to stay in the game. Yes. That's just like, that's what it is. You know, her using that like platform or whatever to be like, whoo. Let's you know whatever tax the rich, um, doing, you know a, a Met Gala that was focused on American fashion, is sort of on brand. Like I mean, it's definitely within theme. Um, she, but yeah, it's also right there. Yeah, it cost thirty five thousand dollars a ticket. The people they were talking about taxing are actually no, because I was gonna say the people we were talking about taxing are at the event with you, and it's like some of them are, but like the rich, rich. The rich, when we're talking about like ending poverty, rich, those folks are not at the Met Gala. No. You know, they're not at the Met Gala. They're not there. And that might be like, I mean, even Anna Wintour, you know, I, I mean, I did something, posted something online that was like, like saying something, that says something to the effect of like watching the Met Gala right now feels like you're watching the Capitol from one of the um, districts in the Hunger Games or was it called Faction? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was like, that's a hundred percent how I felt when I saw Anna Wintour come to the mic and say whatever the hell she has to say about the Met Gala. And so, yeah, I think that everybody's kind of right about the criticism of, or like the, the, you know, the, the, well, everybody. The framing of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah about the framing of it. Like, I think all things are right. Nobody can really win because we live in a patriarchal, like, white supremacy. So it's kind of like, you know, in a way, there's no... I mean, unless she just didn't do anything, which she could have done. She could have just attended and kicked it and it would have been fine. And she would not have gotten criticism. But then when... where, How is, like, her opportunity to, like, voice her... Like, what's, what, like, what pro- protest does she have the right to do then? That's not just, like, within the walls of Congress. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to say, I'm just like, I, I'm like, uh, if, if you're invited to go to the Met Gala and is her right to go? Because again, she is a congresswoman in New York. Met Gala is in New York. She's invited to go in New York. Like that's, that's her district. Right. So of course she can come. Right. Um, there's a couple of things where I was a little bit like, eh, this is not cool. Like when they say, oh, this is an immigrant designer. I'm like, yeah, she immigrated from Canada. She's not an immigrant. She's, she's from Wealth, Ontario. She, she, she was not an immigrant in the sense that, that we think of as immigrants. So um, maybe she's using that phrase a little bit differently. And I was like, ah, that's not cool. Uh, however, um, the idea that she, like, if she wants to make a statement, that's a good place to make a statement. I'm like, she's going to get the, the, the most amount of views on it. She will come up and actually create some sort of, like, statement around the people around her and i'm like you know what like if she wasn't this like um this political figure that has a lot of eyes on her and has like oh no like people scrutinize everything she says um then this this wouldn't have been bad night like if somebody was like i don't know like let's pretend if like dan levy was wearing this dress for example i don't think anyone would bat an eye do you think Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I agree. I agree. I was thinking of Cara Delevingne, which like that's like she had something different, which I also yeah. really like. 
Yeah, let's right. talk about that but one too. That's yeah. not having to do with like economics and like mm-hmm. capital. So that I get what you mean. Um like I do feel like I do feel like an actor would have been praised. Uh, Dan Levy certainly would have been praised because Dan Levy can yes. do zero wrong. Yes. In most people's eyes, including mine. So I definitely think that that would have gone over in a different way. I think if it had been an other politician, though, that they would have gotten the same backlash. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I think woman or any gender for sure. Yes. I'm just saying specifically with her because she just like because she's so outspoken. And I think like, honestly, to her credit, I think she's she's uh I think more politicians should actually be able to engage with the way that she does with young people and she does with her constituencies. And I think I really admire her for that, that she's just kind of like this person that will just say things out loud. Um, And that comes with a lot of like backlash from people that think that, oh, because she's a woman and she speaks too much, she's blah, blah, blah. Like, like that it's in the, it's in the, it's in what she does. Uh, So because she's wearing it, it's because it's her, that's why there's so much of like the noise that just surrounds her with anything she does. Like, I just remember like the video that she did when she was younger and she was like dancing and some of these right wingers were like, look at her. She's not serious. Who's the one person that this is your congresswoman who's dancing. And everyone's like, she's just dancing. Oh my she's, gosh, like, she's, a human. <laughs> she's a human being. Exactly. Like, so it's like anything she does, she just like, it, it just refines like this rage within like some people. And um, at the same time, I'm like, maybe she uses that to her advantage. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. She uses the tax rich thing. Um, yeah. The only thing that honestly that bothered me is when she's like, this is an immigrant designer. I'm like, like, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's a little bit different. That was the only thing, but everything else I was like, you know what? It's fine. Do it. Like if you want to do it, do it there. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm changing my mind. But anyway, I'll I won't I won't say any more about it. No, go but, for it. What 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 are you changing your um, mind about? Well, because my 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 train of thought was like, oh, like what if like Stacey Abrams had done that or Ayanna Presley? Nobody ever would have said anything. But also, Ayanna Presley and Stacey Abrams would never do anything like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and that's exactly. the part where I'm like, okay, the performative aspect of this. You know, cu- coupled with like, I don't know if you remember when she became like super homies with the chick from The Wing, Audrey mm-hmm. Gelman or something like that. They were like yeah. homies and they were like dressing alike with the big glasses and like the hips are like kind of parting in the middle. And I was like, this is kind of interesting because this was before we found out that like there was like a little bit of classism going on there. Yeah. But it was very like kind of hip. Like it was a Gen Z thing, yeah, 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 right. And it was yeah, like yeah. super, like clicky, and I was like, mm-hmm, "That's not mm-hmm. like that's not in line with that." And that kind of gave me, and and I think that this is kind of similar, where it's like, okay, sure, but there's like a way where you're just performing, and it's like, it sucks that because it's you, we have to like hold you to a specific standard because you're a politician and not a performer. But I understand how people arrive there, yeah. Um, but I also don't think that this is like. I mean, on the list of things that we have to worry about right now, this is just so low on the totem pole that it's totally. just like, <laughs> I was just like, I mean, yeah, but also, you know, you have bigger fish to fry. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Veronica, what do you think? Yeah, no, um, I think the, some of the critiques that I saw were around, um, the, like it was the dress that's these things but it's not specific to the dress um sure. so it was more just like critiques 
of AOC in general and the reaction that like many people who maybe just see that and are like, oh, that's really cool. She's like making a statement and they already are like, I really like AOC and what she stands for and what she does and how outspoken she is. Like what we've all kind of just said, um, where we just like see it and like immediately we're like, yes. Um, but then it was like people taking that step back and being like, wait, 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 politicians aren't your friends. Like politicians mm-hmm. are establishment. They don't care mm-hmm. about you. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, and like this, like what you were saying earlier, Samantha, about like needing to hold people's feet to the fire always. It's like, we can't just be like, you wore a dress. <laughs> you know, you made a statement one time. Right. And so I, I see that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that also makes sense. And and so I, I, I totally, what you're saying, Samantha, about like, everybody's right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of sitting over here being like, cause I immediately saw that and was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You went to a place of millionaires and wore that fucking dress. I was like, yeah. Uh, but then of course, yeah, that one step backwards and, and someone else had made like a meme where they, t- they erased the tax, the rich off her dress. And in, in red letters, instead, they put something like they're called detention centers now or something like, oh. again, so highlighting that like the democratic party is not you know, angels, they haven't saved us. They haven't changed the situation for migrant families at the border. They haven't changed the situation for mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter, which incidentally we're protesting outside the Met Gala. And so, oh my God. right. And so like someone else was saying, you know, AOC could have made a bigger statement had she gone out and been with the protesters. Yep. So there's like <clears throat> other, yeah, just things that I'm like, yeah, all this also makes sense. And I get that as well. <laughs> Yeah. I was also thinking like like how do you win like it's so I was listening to another podcast with a, with a socialist and he was talking about like this idea this concept of like winning and like quote unquote winning like what is it about winning and who wants to win and why do we care about like actually winning as a socialist or whoever it is um and so it's so and he's like it's a really fraught idea because like it's like um, <laughs> he he compared it to being like this like indie band that all of a sudden goes mainstream and then people just get really mad at you for going mainstream. But you're like, no, but this is what you but want, right? That's what right? success means, right? That's what success is, right? But then everyone's like, no, you sold out. You're like, oh, okay, well, this this doesn't work. <laughs> right. um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like we it's, want people it's like of, AOC in positions of power and then we're mad when they're there as well, yeah. right? Like because we're like, yeah. you are a sellout. Like she is establishment now. She is part of a the Democratic Party, which like we have all said is like yeah. not the best. Still like yeah. Yeah, Sorry, it's interesting too because No, 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 no. That's good. No, I, I and it's interesting, you know, he also said that like and and I was like, oh this really made me think about the con the context and the the world that we live in. Um especially in Canada, maybe it's a different in the US. Um we kind of live in a very liberal world. Like, like um, the Democrats are liberals. Um, like Republicans are in a right-wing conservative area, but they work through a liberal way. Like this idea of democracy, this idea of um, the Constitution is very liberal. Um, so they all, like in Canada specifically, like the liberal party is liberal, NDP is like sort of liberal-ish. They're like small L liberals. The conservatives are like right-wing liberals. And so, and then you get like these fringe parties. Um, so like in the context, we all are working through a liberal society. And 
how are we messaging our our things, the way that we do things through this liberal landscape? It's like the idea of like, yeah, we still live in a society. We still live. Um, so how does like <laughs> so someone like Ocasio-Cortez um, create these kind of messages that inform, but also engage people in this kind of process and also kind of say like a simple message like tax the rich is a very simple socialist message um, that's very provocative. Um, and, you know, the left doesn't really have as many of those slogans. Like we have like paragraph long things that we have to explain about what kind of policies that we, but like defund the police is very easy to think about. Black Lives Matter is very easy. Tax the rich is very easy to kind of like get people to understand what you're trying to say. So, um, and I also think about like, if I was in her position, first of all, there wouldn't be as much blowback on someone like myself because I'm a guy. Um, second of all, it's like, what would I do if I was invited to the Met Gala and I wanted to make a statement, a socialist statement? And I'm also thought, I'm like, I don't know, because I, I don't think I would have, I, I would never win. <laughs> I could never win. You know what I mean? In that respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you could ever win. I mean, I think like, like a naive person could say that, you know, in the spirit of like American fashion, like using fashion to kind of call out the establishment is kind of like a punk rock move or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's AOC doing it or you doing it as a politician, that would never actually be deemed what like a punk rock move per se, you know? Exactly. So it's like, and I mean, right now everybody's kind of really um, rightfully super outraged and like, thinking very, very hardcore about capitalism because of all these billion, bi billionaires that are, like, popping up. And flying so to space. So I think... Yeah, and flying to space, you know? <laughs> and, like, you know, Kim K, Kim K became a billionaire. Rihanna became a billionaire. You know, so they're they're all around. So it's, like, you know, we're seeing, like, all of these... We're, 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 I mean, I don't think we... we I, don't, I still don't think we kind of really understand what a billion dollars is, but I think that a we're seeing... A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. We're realizing that whatever that is, is not anywhere near our realm of existence. And it never will be like, it's like a completely different dimension of existence on this planet. And I think like, because of that, we're all very, we're not, I mean, I think that the rose, like the rose colored glasses are coming off when it comes to people in the public eye, specifically politicians, definitely. And then now more and more just like actors and everyone when it comes to just like, general like human issues like you guys exist mm -hmm. on a different level of privilege you can't really relate to what it is that we're going through so yeah mm -hmm. so it's nice that you're doing that but yeah like people are dealing with like flooded subways and shit so it's like yeah. you know I, yeah. I, yeah totally totally veronica what are your thoughts um, I saw you writing some stuff down. I also oh, very curious what you're writing down. Yeah, no, I was thinking when you were saying like winning, I was like, what does that even mean? Cause I was just thinking mm -hmm. like, if winning means like everyone's happy, that's like impossible, you know, like that's not like even just like, y y like people on the left being happy is impossible. Like making, mm -hmm. making everyone on the left happy, not possible. Um, so I don't know what winning would even really mean in, in this situation but i don't know i yeah i think it's coming back to it like samantha had said like i think 
everybody's got everybody's right <laughs> and this is just what it is something uh <laughs> that kind of summed it up that this is a a tweet <laughs> someone said it, it's aoc's dress is performative criticizing the dress is also performative everything is performative we're all performing welcome to clown school <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i saw totally. that i was like oh yeah what's up <laughs> Like, I feel like that starts to get close to, like, some sort of universal truth. Like, I feel like that is closer than I think what we think we're doing, like, on Twitter and every day. <laughs> so true. You know, yeah. It's so I, true. I definitely also have, like, tried to look at more of this stuff because I knew we were going to be talking about it. So I was like, oh, I better, like, mm. know what, what happened and what's going on. And I just think, like, the other thing I was thinking, I was like, oh, God, we created this monster. So I was like, celebrity culture like being a thing is like the reason they have so much money and i'm like why are we so obsessed with famous people that's such a like weird concept to me even just like from the get like i've never been like a read the tabloids person ever i've never cared like i've never i didn't even know who the kardashians were until like probably like three years ago i just like i don't know like it's it's never been like a, a thing for, for me personally but then i obviously it's been a huge thing for for other people and um and then I'm like, oh yeah, we did this. Like we we made we made these beasts in a way. So I'm sort of like, oh yikes. Um, does that, I don't know. Does that resonate, or am I just like, am I totally off? Yeah. No, I think yeah. you're right. I think that the 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 question that you put in the icebreaker about self worth, I'm just like that hits a lot about that, right? That hits a lot about what the what society thinks is worthwhile, mm. um, and what we think of as somebody who is successful and somebody who is doing life right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. those are our celebrities and they, they can be anybody right and i mean like greta thunberg is as much as a celebrity as jeff bezos as much as a celebrity as beyonce right so they all have different type of ways of doing celebrity i guess so. but, i guess i'm thinking specifically about people who have like like tabloid stories written about them and the paparazzi follows them you know right but but and i don't know if that happens to greta i know she she definitely gets a lot of online hate but I don't know if that's she the same like thing. These, she gets assholes following oh, her. Remember, yeah. like when the rebel when the when she came to Edmonton, like those assholes, like the rebel media people started like following her around. Yeah, it's like, it's fucking assholes. Yeah. But anyways, that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Samantha, you were going to say something. No, um, I mean, I was just kind of like shaking my head at people following. I mean, probably at the time, a seventeen-year-old like walking around like that's yeah, it's anyway. fucking stupid, very creepy, very yeah. not okay, yeah. not okay, yeah. Not okay. Um, yeah, well, I think, I mean, for me, I think that kind of boils onto like a lot of the messaging, right? It's like messaging that's, it's part of the capitalist machine. Yeah. It's like, you know, you use kind of images, right, to sell and sell and sell. Yeah. And so with that, then ideals get kind of conjured and, you know, you've got people that are like working out three times a day to like make sure that they fit those ideals so that they can be in our favorite movies and whatever else, you know? And I feel like, yeah, that creates uh like I, I think it's I think probably admiration and things are like um uh inspiration are definitely very like human like naturally human things to feel. But it, I think that celebrity culture is a hundred percent just like advertising, basically. So yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it's a it's a pure I feel like it's a purely manipulative um uh result. It's very, very strange. arrived at. 
Yeah. Like yeah. even I'm very susceptible to it. Oh, let me just like say. following the stuff and like re- Oh my god. Oh really? Like all advertisements on Instagram, if you're wondering like how could anybody like fall for anything like that, I'm the one who falls for that. Like, oh my goodness. Like, Sometimes she's it happens to me. That. Sometimes it happens I'm to me too. Hundred like, percent. Like my brain is like, oh this is cute. This is you know it's so cute. Just <laughs> like not understanding until way later than I was manipulated oh, no. into liking most of the things that I well no maybe not most of the things, but a good amount of the things that I'm like, I should get this. It's just like because I saw it like seventy five times on Instagram. Oh, right. So No, I think we're all susceptible you know I mean? to that. For sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm definitely am too, Samantha. But I think that, you know, celebrities and people are marketed as products. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, you, you might not necessarily need like a Britney Spears or a Megan Good in your house, but you think you do. And then that's how we, I mean, you know, to kind of like go back full circle to kind of like how we were talking like bodies and things like that. You know, like they're, they're, they're being advertised as a product through these movies, like yeah. finding out all the different contracts that different. I feel like I'm veering now, which is what I normally That's fine. Now. Veer. That's okay. We're here for the ride. Yeah, go for it. But I think a lot, so like I'm obsessed with Marvel movies, as I may have mentioned here, MCU all the way. And like, I found out that, you know, Marvel had contracts with the military. I think, oh, I, think yeah. I don't know if we talked about this here. And I was like, like, I don't know why I should be surprised by that. But I was like, damn, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like people like it's it's wild because I'm like the the reason why I watched the MCU is because these people are not supposed to exist. That's not supposed mm-hmm. to exist. It's literally mm-hmm. supposed to be on a in a separate dimension, a different on a like not even a multiverse, like a completely separate multiverse that we have no access to. Meanwhile, we're like, oh no, you can't be Iron Man, but you can still be a soldier mm-hmm. and just like go and foster wars around the world and everything, and just like create like these ridiculous fodder for all these like wild like wildly wealthy and amoral like you know weapons companies so it's like you know i think that that was one of the things where i was like this is like a product all of it is a product and like i understand that i'm susceptible and i'm gonna keep watching it because i love audiovisual stuff and not everybody is doing that but for the most part anything that you can see in amc theater is likely a product of some sort yeah with some kind of machine behind it so you know yeah. Totally. Totally. Have you heard about the Top Gun thing? No. Like how that so yeah, Top Gun, you know, the movie. Um so that movie produced uh was basically uh the reason why there's so many people wanted to recruit for the army or uh, for the navy, sorry. Um, because of that movie and they use the navy used Top Gun as like a recruiting tool. Um oh, okay. a lot of the times. Um and it's interesting because with Marvel specifically, I know this is a, definitely a, a tangent, but um, I know specifically with Marvel, um, they definitely have like those military contracts. I mean, the NFL has military contracts too. Um, at the same time, it's like they're it's an art product, right? So it's, it's like not just like sports. Sports, I mean, it's not artistic, um, but because Marvel is arts, like they are trying to like fit into these kind of like anti military stances is sometimes like i i'm just thinking of i don't know if you're following like the what if stuff on on marvel tv on marvel, sorry on disney plus the last one was very like anti-military and i was like this is interesting because i knew about the whole for them yeah 
it was it was and it was really it was like a basically a what if um killmonger saved tony stark oh, right right yeah uh right, right. before he got uh injured by that uh by that missile or whatever it was before he became iron man um so like what if killmonger actually saved him and they became friends and what would Killmonger do? And it was very much like this military so institution. Oh, no, I was like, I that's, I'm like, that. that's like such a cool that. idea. And I'm just like, yeah, that is, I'm like, and also it became this very scary concept of like, oh my God, what would happen if that, <laughs> that was the case? And it was like, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like very curious about how, <laughs> how they deal with that stuff too. Right. Yeah. And I'm just, and yeah, even with like the stuff with Black Panther was very like, you know like isolationist and this idea of like being isolationist versus being not isolationist and it's like that is that's a very kind of like anti-american sentiment too so i'm just like yeah <laughs> they've evolved i feel like they're kind of trying to evolve and like trying to yeah. be on the right side of history and i appreciate that yeah so i mean yeah that's so i'm just like like marble gets a lot of shit and sometimes you know they deserve it Rightfully uh, so. yeah yeah <laughs> uh but you know like I appreciate what they do sometimes, and then and I think that's like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, they're they're pushing pushing a little bit. Um, okay, how about this for a segue? Speaking of pushing things, uh, can we talk about the Carol Levine? Uh, yes, hey, that's a great segue. Wow, Herman, all the double entendres, all done. Oof. All done. Thank you. All right, uh, should I set us up? Let's again? talk about. Yeah, set us up. Okay, well, Carol Delavine showed up to the Met Gala in this interesting, I don't know, it looked like a tank top slash bulletproof vest. I don't even know. That was I think it was a bulletproof vest. That, okay. Which is also interesting in and of itself. Which is also like, wh why? Why would you do this? <laughs> I mean, maybe she thinks the message is controversial enough to warrant violence. I don't know. But I was I was interested by this one. Um, her, her white bulletproof vest thing says, or said, peg the patriarchy in red letters it seems white clothing with red letters is the chosen form to make statements in the Met I guess so. this year. <laughs> yeah. um, like, I guess so they talked <laughs> um, symbolic yes and yes. same yeah. same as last time I would actually love to hear again from Samantha first because <laughs> mm -hmm. you have you oh. have thoughts on this one for mm -hmm. sure well it was one of those things where I was like, you know, whenever I see patriarchy anywhere, I'm like, yeah, because mm. usually people are like saying like, fuck the patriarchy, right? But in this case, I'm like, okay, peg the patriarchy. Okay, let's think about pegging. Let's think about like how much that's like shamed as like a sexual practice. Let's think about in general how you're talking about how you want to essentially, like I'm presuming that this is intended to mean down with the patriarchy in some form and She's somebody who I believe identifies as like queer of some kind. Like, I don't think that she's like binary. So I'm like, okay, you're essentially like using a term that basically like, the way that it's used is basically intended to be negative toward the patriarchy. But then that also means that pegging is bad. Then it means it's like, what are you saying to like men who are like down mm -hmm. to get pegged by their people? Like what? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... It just seems a little bit, It's. I mean, it doesn't seem a little bit performative. It seems just performative. And I feel like if you stop to think about it for like three minutes, it just doesn't work. Like it yeah. just doesn't work. And then you have the bulletproof vest, which is like, what are you, what are you trying to say here? That you're in danger? Is that, yeah. is that what the bulletproof vest is supposed to like signify? Because 
maybe you are in certain ways, but the way that you are, that she's performing this or like kind of donning this is like, it just doesn't align. And I don't know. I felt like it was a misfire a lot, but I also felt like it was a misfire in particular because everybody was like, yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) And it was like, absolutely not what you think it is. Like just stop for like literally four Google searches. And this is like, absolutely not it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, I agreed. Agreed with this. Veronica, what do you think? Well, I was totally one of those people who immediately saw it and was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I thought about it also for more than 20 seconds and was like, oh no. <laughs> so I also apologize to everyone listening to the audio because I know that's going to be really loud, <laughs> what we just did. <laughs> um, my bad. But. I did more digging and I found this Vice article. Um, And basically, here we go. (laughs) The artist behind Peg the Patriarchy wishes Cara Delevingne gave her credit. So Luna, also heard about that. Luna Matatas, a queer woman of color who runs a small business, has owned the trademark that Delevingne wore to the Met Gala since 2015. Um, what else does it say here? It says she, she found out online, everyone was tagging her in it, and she was like, oh shit, my art, not credited, right? Um, da da da, what did she say here? And she, so the, the woman with the trademark, uh, has said, um, um, Oh, sorry. I lost the part that I wanted. So she, she explains her, like, why, besides being an alliteration, instead of, like, smash the patriarchy or fuck the patriarchy, it's an, all- it's an alliteration. But she says part of the reason why she, she, like, stands by the statement is it's about women's empowerment, equality, gender equality. It's a bit like stick it to the man. Oh, no, that was Delavine who said that. Sorry, I really should have grabbed my, like, spot better in this. Um, oh, here <laughs> we go. Okay. Oh, sorry, okay. Matata said, okay, so she says Pig the Patriarchy is about subversion, not about not about an anal sex act and not about men. It's a metaphor for subverting the system that requires subservience within a gender binary. So it's like there are probably more more ways to interpret it, but of course then, yeah, there's just layers to this right? Like layers with Mm -hmm. things being not credited, layers with things being maybe understood in different ways by different people, right? Because if we do look at like peg the patriarchy as just like fuck the patriarchy, then everyone's gonna be like, sweet. But if we look at it as like, oh yeah, like what you were just saying, Samantha, with like, well, what does this say about pegging? And what does this say about like people who have different like preferences? Like what does it say about these things? And then to look at it again and say, okay, well, this is how it was intended by the art artist who came up with it. And now it's not being credited. So now we look at it again from another angle, I guess is what. Yeah. 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 So that's tough. Like that's really tough. Like that, those are tough looks all around for (laughs) Cara Delevingne. Like I, it's, I think it's one of those things that um, I'm glad that we're kind of like focusing and then criticizing it and kind of looking at this through a critical lens. Because I don't think before, like if this, like I'm just thinking if this happened in, let's say, 2010, um, you know, in the middle of the Obama era kind of thing, uh, maybe 2013, like I think people would be like, bravo. And that's what it, I don't think there would be kind of, or if there would be some critiques of it, it would be really low. But I think that like, I'm happy that there's a little bit of like, like that critique around these these uh, 
these phrases and stuff like that because it is very um kink shamey and it is very um especially with the lgbtq community i'm just like this is just like we're we're really just not acknowledging um what their life are, are, is like and just pretending that this is like some sort of bad thing and uh um yeah and so i'm happy that there is this kind of like critique and even including with the aoc um but at the same time to actually think about like think about these things critically and not just accept them as this like bravo kind of thing um so i'm happy with that and it also reminds me of like <laughs> i saw this like one person that was like uh it was a, this right winger that has like this t-shirt on and and the back it said like if you burn my flag i'll eat your ass and people were like who oh. <laughs> sounds good dude sounds, sounds like an invitation <laughs> like, oh my gosh. like look at that and like spend more than like two minutes thinking about it <laughs> being like it's should i put this on a shirt everybody's horny that is literally not a bad thing for so many people but okay <laughs> cool. that is really really funny that's so funny it's so funny I'll eat your uh, ass. Cool. don't threaten me with a good time yeah, that's exactly it it's always threatening me with a good time like come on <laughs> come on bro. come on everyone oh my god <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to our next topic. Um, because this is something that we wanted to talk about in regards to this. Like, we wanted to talk about men's fashion. And so, um, yeah. there was a lot of cool things that happened in regards. This is not even just the Met Gala, but just like, there's a lot of like cool fashion that's going on with men. Um, we talked a little bit about Dan Levy. Dan Levy actually wore something really Love. cool uh, for the Met Gala. Um, and I love what Dan Levy wears in general. Um, he's a, just a really amazing dresser. Uh, he's a good pool. He's a really cool person in general. Uh, but uh, he wore this attire uh, that's like all blue. He had like little like puffy things that kind of look like the world. And it looked like there was like two men that were like making out. But it was like, it was like a map. I'm just looking at it right now. Um, yeah. People should very, just look at the too. image because it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard to describe. <laughs> this is an audio. <laughs> just Google it. He looks very dashing. Just a dashing he man. Always looks dashing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and uh, and it's interesting, like compared to like like people like Timothy Chalamet, who wore this very kind of like like kind of, like not provocative, but it was very like a stylish attire. But then he wore like Converse shoes at the bottom, and I was like. Oh, Timothy, what are you doing? <laughs> like, um, you would get red for filth on RuPaul's Drag Race for having the wrong kind of shoes. Absolutely. No good. No good. Um, yeah. So it's, so I am, my big question here, um, and I also want to talk about what Sarah um, sent us over this idea of the refashioning masculinity uh, project um, that disrupt oh gender God, through so fashion. Cool. So cool. So yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. I, uh, actually, do you want to talk about that first, and then we can talk about kind of the men's fashion idea? Um, Samantha, what are, what are your thoughts on on um, refashioning masculinity? Yeah, so sure. So I so I think this is like a fashion show that they did where they like mm -hmm. talked to various men about like their you know experiences with fashion, um, and uh, I don't remember exactly where this took place, but basically there were like a lot of different types of people. Um, but they all had like a connection to fashion. And I think 
you know, I, I didn't watch like the video, but I read all of the testimonials for it. Cause I, it was like really nice to kind of see everybody, um, just talk really like deeply about their, or like personally, sorry about like their, um, their experiences. And, and it was interesting actually to see people's influences, right? So some folks that were kind of more tailored, like suit types were mm -hmm. talking about kind of, you know, like having their shoes polished from like, and learning from their uncle or their father or like their mom used to dress really well or whatever. And then you had other people who were like, I was really influenced by just by the fact that I didn't have those experiences. Right. And was like, just, and I just wanted to explore. Like somebody was talking about how they like, they would like to wear makeup, but they don't follow kind of guys. They just like experiment and do what feels mm -hmm. right. Then you have people who are talking about, you know, how, different athletes kind of stepping out of um like the like the the dressing norms and stuff for men kind of inspired them to step outside of their comfort zone and be a little bit more daring so it was a it's a very very cool thing it's called it's refashioning cool. masculinity um and i mean i'll definitely post it i think i, I might have posted but if i did not post it i will post it on my twitter um, yeah and very cool very, very cool. yeah so sarah asked a good question here she says um you know Fashion itself can be fully sized. We talked about this a bit. Um, and we also, like, we mentioned a bit before about Harry, Harry Styles' Vogue cover. Um, but what do you think it can be used to challenge the status quo or add to a movement? What do you think about it? Just not even just, like, tax the rich or peg the patriarchy, but, like, um, in general, like, like men's stress, how do you feel about challenging the status quo? Because we talked about a little bit about that in the inner circle. Veronica, what do you think? Oh, okay. I was going to give yeah, Samantha the floor again so we could keep our like same like order going, but I'm absolutely, oh, that's I'm okay. Sorry. No, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no, that's okay. Switch up. We'll switch up. Yeah. I, it's okay. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, this like project, this refashioning masculinity is, is beautiful and also reminds me of, um, just queer eye and like, re like just remembering, like watching a lot of men like say that like they, they did have like style influences or they, they like had certain things they wanted to go for or express mm -hmm. their fashion. And then a bunch who just said like, I've never thought about it. And they've never really, um, like given a lot of, yeah, like, like really any thought to like how, um, how they could say something about themselves with like the way that they dress and stuff. So, um, like a really interesting, like if there's like a bell curve where there's like, men in fashion like I swear it's like skewed one way or the other at least like from what I've seen maybe just in my bubble in Alberta I feel like more guys are on the side of like never having really thought much about their clothes than they are on the side of like people who are like very like intentional about their clothes and like think about them a lot and have like these you know stories connected to things and or want to be like um like uh like very green in their clothing choices so like trying to thrift or trying to do other things like um so anyway that's just like a kind of a side mm -hmm. tangent thing but uh to answer sarah's question more directly um i mean i feel like a little bambi in this conversation because i literally don't know much about fashion at all um as we already <laughs> Get discussed out of here. legit Get out of here. You, know, like... you dress great what are you talking about you know what's up about Dude, fashion. no i don't <laughs> i oh well <laughs> Thank you. As I pull out my, took it from a lost and found bin um, sweater. Uh, <laughs> but you picked it out of the lost and found. You exactly. Did. That's, you still exactly. Like... That's still true. But it went like, uh, okay. So I, uh, to explain it better, I guess I don't feel like a lot of my, 
like choices around clothes have been super informed by like oh i know this is like a trend and i know what the trend is called or something you know what i mean or even like mm, i know what this what style saying. is and i know what it's called and i know who like i like i just don't have very much depth in my knowledge which is like kind of embarrassing because my aunt is like the creative director of western canada fashion week and i'm like what's that Ooh, very cool. <laughs> sometimes i go to the shows <laughs> like don't know what's happening <laughs> like they're like this person designed this and this i'm like very cool <laughs> don't know <laughs> don't know anything um but uh like i just have no idea what what is up and in, in right. fashion but um so like i do think i do think though that absolutely that it it can be used to to challenge the status quo and i think like clothing has always been political like even if we just think about what is happening to people in Quebec with religious like clothing now that they can't, they're like banned from wearing them if they work in like a public, um, a position of like public officer or like even just public, mm -hmm. what is it? They're, they're like an employee of the government, right? Or like anyone who yeah, works in public like, sec public, public sector, sector worker. Basic, yeah. yeah public so now like women can't wear hijabs and work as like a teacher. And like, that's like total trash, right? And so like clothing is political, whether we want it to be or not, right? So like, there's there's ways that it, like people have have turned it into, to like have weaponized like clothing and, and stuff. So yeah, absolutely, it's political. Um, and I think we can push things, we can change things. I think people do it all the time. I think people make statements all the time, even like the choice to thrift instead of to like, try to like, to not be buying new clothes mm -hmm. is like a mm -hmm. political thing. Right. So that's, that's my very like not beautiful answer to that question. <laughs> Samantha, over to you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I think I tend to agree with what you're saying that, you know, um, clothing can be viewed as political in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, because we're judgmental creatures, like we we identify people by what we see on them. Like, I think that, clothing in a way serves as a form of like ID card in a lot of ways. I remember one time I was, um, had this, I used to have this client who was like this kind of like older, like really beautiful kind of, um, like wealthy white lady. And one time we were like having our little lesson and she was like, yeah, you know, it was interesting. Like I went to France and I'm from France and she was like, Oh, like it was right after they had banned the hijab in France. Mm. And she was like, yeah, you know, it was interesting. You go there now, you can't tell who's who, you know, like people are just walking amongst everyone else without their, you know, their, their thing. I mean, she didn't say exactly those words, but that's what she was saying. And I was like, it was weird because I was in the situation and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say in this situation. It's like, I'm in a lesson with my client. She's telling me something that's like obviously racist, but obviously she doesn't think it's racist mm -hmm. because in her mind, it's like, well, you used to be able to tell them apart from like the normal people walking around, quote unquote, you know what I mean? I mean, that's essentially what she was saying. And now it's like, oh, now they're just walking among us. These like Muslim women that usually are covered. Like, what am I supposed to say? You know, and it's like weird because she's telling me that. And obviously she's telling me that because she thinks it's going to be falling on. I guess I, said, I must say something about me and my agreeable nature, but it's like falling on agreeable ears. Because obviously you were not going to say something like that to just anybody, you know? And so, I don't know, I think about, like, the notion of clothing and how it's just the way that we, like, people are out there being themselves and everybody has something to say about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, a person wearing a burqa, she's doing it because that's her face, she's doing her thing. Somebody is going to come and say something about that. That's none of your business, technically. 
it's really not you know men wearing skirts we like have these like threads that we were kind of like talking about yeah men wearing skirts russell westbrook is always trying to wear a kilt i'm here for it you know what i mean like that that is an expression it's an expression it's coming from someone from within an opportunity for them to just like be themselves in a way that like kind of makes them happy and that should that's that's all it should ever be you know but that's not the world that we have come to live in and so now it's kind of like this cover like this book cover that we kind of judge people on and yeah yeah i think we can flip it because of that reason exactly right but like if you just wear whatever the fuck you want then it's (laughs) yeah you actually have to get to know somebody to like get to know them which would be nice so yeah. yeah for sure i agree with that idea of like um expressing yourself in a way that that is authentic to you and also like like some and, and we it's interesting because we show off in ourselves in our clothes and we also hide in our clothes um there's you know, a lot of people who just um wear hats and they just like because they're hiding they want to hide uh themselves or they want like um i hear a lot of like young boys who just wear hats because they just want to hide themselves and they think that's that's a that's a good way to just kind of hide or they wear their hoodies up because that's just a way of like hiding themselves and um but also obviously about we do show off in our clothes as well um i also think a lot about like just our backgrounds in clothes um i follow this this uh this writer uh, her name is Chantrell p lewis uh she wrote this book called dandelion um called about the black dandy and street style um and she Basically, it's kind of like this photo book of like um, of black people um, taking back this idea of dandyism and how, you know, she makes a point being like dandy culture. I'll put it in the chat here. <clears throat> dandy culture is um, very it comes from a from a from a black heritage and, and, and black roots. And so like the pictures on it are just like amazing. And I'm just like, I feel very like. A little bit of like uh not envious but just like wow i wish like like that i could just kind of wear stuff like that and just make it look cool and make it feel natural and authentic but i'm just like but that's still not me um if i wear that stuff that's still not who i am so i'm trying to like think about my own ethnicity and think about my own heritage and being like how do i wear something that is considered more for myself like person or more latino right and so um, I think it was a few years back, I asked my mom, I'm just like, hey, mom, can you send, can you, like, she was going to Chile. And I was like, and she asked me, she's like, what do you want back from Chile? And I was like, well, first of all, give me some candy because I love their candy. Um, second of all, um, <laughs> yeah, give me like, um, like a Chilean poncho, like the ones that, um, that Wassos wear, like the, the farmers wear. And it's a very popular kind of uh, dress when you wear on the 18th, which is our national holiday. Um, and she, she gave me this look. She's like, really? He's like. Yeah, I I kind of want to like have it so kind of so I can wear it and also kind of express it in a way that that is more authentically me, uh, more authentic to to my own heritage. Um, and I still feel like weird wearing because it's like I'm trying something on that's but I'm also like, yeah, it's still kind of cool because it's me. <laughs> so at the same time, I'm like I I feel happy wearing it and it's kind of an expression of who I am and and what I'm about and. Like I I grew out my hair um, this year because I'm just, and I'm also like cause I've never grown out my hair before. I always cut it short, and then, and then I told my wife and I'm just like I'm just gonna grow it out this year. 
Uh, she's like, really? That's weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to try it. I just, I just want to see how it looks. And it's just because I'm just like, I, <laughs> I don't want to make it into like this, like, like political thing. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to see what my natural hair looks. And I just want to see how like that looks in a way where it's like, like, you know, normal and not have to like put a bunch of stuff in it because I just want to see how natural it is. And I felt very like authentic with that. Oh. So yeah, it's like a really interesting how we show off and hide with the things that yeah. we wear, the things that we do. You know what I mean? Totally. And even just talking about like cultural, like that just leads me to like immediately think of appropriation too. So then I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, absolutely. How is clothing? Absolutely. Now the question is like, not how is clothing political, but I'm like, how is it not? <laughs> like between all the things of like how it's made, like let's talk about sweatshops. Like yeah. let's talk about like the the horrible like how bad the textile industry is for the planet. And then like we're talking about okay, that's how it's made. There's more to it than that. There's more things we can talk about. But then there's the what it is and and like mm-hmm. the ideas themselves that go into the clothing and like how much of that is appropriation, how much of that is you know not crediting people with ideas or, or whatever it is. And you're you're just like okay. <laughs> There are many, many layers. And then if we, we talked about like patriarchy and, and what what the men's lip um, thread that you talked about, um, that I started mm-hmm. I started reading was like men being like, I am jealous of women's fashion because they get so many colors and they get so many yeah. fun things. And it relates back to what you're talking about with like dandelion and like all the beautiful colors and the other things. And it's like, yeah, the, like how do men get to like claim like their selfhood under patriarchy too? Like, cause so then mm-hmm. there's, oh man, there's so many layers, you guys, we're not going to be able to talk about it in like the amount of time <laughs> yeah. that we have, but there's a lot. We got a few, we got a few minutes here. Just, um, yeah. Talk to me about that, Samantha. What are you, what are your thoughts as well? Well, I think that, you know, men are encouraged to be stoic in their, in their clothing, the way that they're encouraged to be stoic in their emotion and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're, you know, that being, I mean, I don't want to say, well, I hate when I say you don't want to say it, but you're gonna say it anyway. Like I'm saying drab uh for lack of a better word, but it's like seeing a man in drab clothing is soothing to the soul because you know it's it's grounding. It's what you mm-hmm. expect to see, you know, in terms of like if you're thinking about like a patriarch like a patriarchal, like all American for I mean on our end society you know when you're thinking about somebody who's like a provider who has a shit together that person's going to be probably in a suit right at least Mm -hmm. in decades past now you know that can look a lot of different types of ways but like if you see somebody in a skirt that there are very 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 specific things that you're gonna go to if you see a man in a suit he could be doing anything with his life right but if you see somebody in a skirt you're like okay it's either somebody who's like super high fashion it's, I mean, you know, a number of stereotypes, right? So I think like, I think that for me, it's like all about creative expression. Like I had this thought, which was maybe slightly toxic. You guys can tell me. I was like, so like, would you date somebody who wore skirts? Like, would you, you know, like question. would I date a man who wore skirts or like a masculine person who wore skirts? And I think that. Like the answer is yes, but I think that the first thing that gave me pause and I was like, mm, would I was simply having to explain to like the people in my life, like why I'm dating somebody who wears skirts and mm-hmm. why is he wearing skirts? You know what I'm saying? Like that point of like mm-hmm. having to defend like your freedom, basically. Um, so 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think it's, yeah, it, it's all about just letting the judgment go and letting people do what they want to do and whatever. But I think we're far from that, you know? I think, like, to the point, like, my, my, my thing is, it's like, I, I used to think that, you know, equality and equity and just, like, understanding and stuff for humans was inevitable. Like, we were going to obviously progress there at some point, somehow, some way, because that's just, like, the natural projection. And it is absolutely 100% not. Like we're always going to want to regress or at least the powers that be are always going to try to make us go that way. So it's really right. like an intentional thing to, to challenge that and resist that at every turn. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was, yeah, was going to say, I bought, I bought a friend of mine, uh, her son is five. I bought them a, a storybook called the boy in the dress Ooh. and she was pumped. Her partner was not, <laughs> but I was like, too bad. <laughs> but the way she explained it to him, it was funny because her, her partner was like, oh my God, he's, he's not going to wear dresses. Like that's not going to happen. And, uh, and she was like, this isn't about him wearing or not wearing dresses. This is about like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to be clear. Um, but it's more about like, I don't want to raise a bully. Like, I don't want him to look at yeah. other people and think that they have to behave a certain way either. He can make his own right. choices, right, right, right. you know, but I also just don't want to raise a bully. So this is, yeah. A staple in his library now we're gonna read about it we're gonna talk about it and like i think That's yeah it's nice and i think to your to your points methods like we're nowhere near where we need to be um like not even close but i do see like tiny things like that like just you know stores like someone wrote that book stores are carrying that book people are buying that book so like just those little little things i'm still like very grateful for the yeah. steps we have been taking and the way that I do think like, I know Herman, you have big thoughts about like, is it, is it subversive? Is it not for like men to wear skirts or dresses? If they're like, you know, in positions of power or whatever it is, like there's no like stakes for them or, or it's like, it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think like, I think it is important for like straight men or straight and cis men like to be like showing solidarity in different ways and trying different things and pushing boundaries too. Like, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think my thought around that specifically, <clears throat> specifically somebody like Russell Westbrook. And I'm just thinking of like, Russell is somebody who is one of the few people that's like, I don't give a F what anyone thinks. I'm going to dress whatever it is. And <clears throat> the good thing about him was, is that he is, this person who pushes the boundaries and allows other people to push the boundary. So in that part, I respect. Is it brave for Russell Westbrook now in 2021 to be wearing that? I would wager maybe it's less risky than somebody who is not as famous, not um, as popular to be wearing that address, for example. We're using that if we're using that. Um, so that was my kind of like thought. Um, and I think this idea of like, Fear is like when I look this thread. Look at this thread about like um, what's this called? The lack of diversity in men's fashion. And I read this, and I'm just like this. Th there's a sense of like fear and shame that regards to uh, this conversation because it seems like there's a lot of guys in that specific thread, and there's a lot of guys out there in the world that are yearning for more um, diversity in the way that they wear things but they're scared of what they're going to be called as, as a man specifically. Um, and those are those ideas of like, how do you dress uh, in a way that is 
um, conforming to this ideal of masculinity. And so once we stretch this idea of masculinity in a form that that can include many types of dresses, that can include the flannel, people who wear flannel, people who wear dresses, right? Like, um, and those two people can be called a man without having to um, justify it in any way, right? So, and I think that's the important part of it, um, especially when it regards to like fashion and the way that we think about, you know, even things like wearing pink or are um, wearing dresses and stuff like that. And I think, you know, like people who have worn, like men have been wearing dresses for centuries. <laughs> like it's been, it's been a thing. It's been a staple of our, of our dress for a while. It's just, there's been these forces, like you mentioned, Veronica, that have told us to say, you know what, we're wearing dresses for women. Um, and there's never been kind of an idea that's that's that cemented that except for this idea of industrialization and this idea of like working and this idea of like being at home and who stays at home it's the women and who's going to work it's the men and we wear men you have to wear this and and then there's also this assertion as well too even before then with like the suffragette movement of women wearing pants and like that was a big subversion as well too like oh you can't wear this and wear that and so and i mean it still happens now with like you know, we talked about the Olympic thing about um, wearing skirts and wearing shorts and like what is quote unquote appropriate. So it's like um, there's a lot of fear in this conversation in regards to fashion. And I think the idea of like Russell Westbrook and Kid Cudi that are, you know, stretching inside, even things like I'm just thinking of like people like Dennis Rodman, you would wear a dress in occasion and just have no problems about it. Um, <clears throat> like Kurt Cobain would wear a dress on stage. Uh, like those are the things that um, those people that I'm thinking of, I'm just like, yeah, they they tried their best to do that. And I hope that you don't need to be a Kurt Cobain, a Kid Cudi or a Russell Westbrook to just wear a dress because um, I think that's important, too. So I don't know. I'm just thinking of the, the, the idea of fear is basically just kind of underlining that 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 thought, you know, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think. I think that one thing that's coming to mind about Russell Westbrook specifically is that where, you know, thinking about Dennis Rodman, other basketball player, obviously legendary, all that, where he was kind of like very overt about, I mean, I'm not sure that he was ever like talking about gender this and gender that, but he was very much talking about freedom. He was mm -hmm. very kind of like out there with even how sexual or free he was. Like that was very much like part of it. And I feel like with Russell Westbrook, he's like, I'm just trying to look fly in these clothes and yes. I don't have any yeah. limits as to what that looks like. Same with someone like Dwayne Wade, who might not necessarily, who actually I think also wears kilts and like wears different types of like dress looking things. It's like no one is looking at them and being like, oh, are they maybe kind of gay or are they maybe kind of bi or queer? Right. They're just like, oh, they're just having a good time. And I feel mm -hmm. like if we like, People's people wearing a kilt, if they're not like a six four, six three, like professional basketball player in the NBA, does not give anybody the right to then start to talk about what their gender or their sexuality is, you know. And I feel like with Russell Westbrook or Dwayne Wade or even um, David Beckham, you know, that was mentioned in the refining masculinity thing. It's like okay, they're athletes. We already know they're hyper masculine, so it's cool. It's yeah, fashion. They can and do it's whatever like, they well, want. Exactly. exactly. And it's like, well, 
there are other people who might not be kind of like this like archetype or whatever of masculinity they're also going to be doing that and might also just be doing it for style not necessarily having to question anything like that so i think it's also kind of um important to take a look at that and see why certain people when they do it were like oh this is so cool like he's turning things on its head and being manly nonetheless and when other people do it it's like oh is he gay like do we need yeah totally totally um so so yeah the other thing that i wanted to say is (laughs) history Yes. Because I think a lot of things about fashion, like like the history of fashion and the who used to wear what, similar to how we were talking about Pinky and the Blue Boy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, for like uh, in modern manhood, it's like you know we talk about like colors or like heels and like all of the a lot of things having to do with women's fashion today originally were men's things, right? Like heels Absolutely. were men's things. Even skirts, like everybody was wearing stuff without having the divider between the legs or whatever until, you know, whatever happened. Um, I was actually reading about this today. Excuse me, I can't really remember right now. But, um, you know, and I mean, a lot of things, a lot of it had to do with like class and mm. um, what people had access to, you know, the different events that they got to go to. It was like a practical thing. So I think like, You know, we have all of these ideas about the way that we've come to gender things and everything like that now, but we are making shit up as we go. None of this is real. Like, none of it is real. You know what I mean? So it's (laughs) like, you know, yeah. Dudes wants to start wearing skirts now. Women are like, I remember everybody was like, oh my goodness, Hillary never wears pants, which I kid you not, I never noticed until somebody mentioned that, like during her (laughs) campaign. And it's like, oh. It's 2016, but we're worried about how whether or not she's wearing pants. And it's mm-hmm. like, what are we, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're making it up. Like, none of it is real. Like, do what you want. But also let people do what they want. Stop with the shaming. The yes, absolutely. And that's really what it is to me. But. Although, yeah. in the case of appropriation, maybe don't do whatever you want. Is my one, like, thing where I'm like, Ooh. which is which is why it's it is like it is interesting and um important i think for people to care about where their clothes come from what do you know what does it mean and this is where i'm calling myself out because i haven't always thought about my clothes that deeply as i already uh, told you <laughs> but at least now like yes certainly as as an adult have been more aware of things like oh yeah like appropriation you you totally see it and you're like oh i understand that right like that's very clear like when people wear mm-hmm. headdresses to coachella you're like oh god right like people get like that's not okay um but then yeah even just hopefully people feel free to like do what they want but are are aware and trying to be conscious about like yeah, where their clothes come from and what they mean to different people and stuff like that too. Totally, totally, totally agree. I think this is a good place to end off. Um, so uh, any final thoughts before we uh, end the broadcast? I don't know. I'm just really happy to see y'all again because I feel like it's been a, a while. Yeah, it's been is, a while. Yeah, which is nice. <laughs> and Samantha's joining me next week on Instagram Live, so I'm going to see you like again very soon, which no. is nice. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you nice. had shot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. Check that out. Yeah. For anyone who follows us, that is going to be happening next uh, Thursday. Actually, similar time. Um, so next Thursday evening at uh, seven thirty Mountain Time.
Um, so people tune in on Instagram there if you want to catch up with us a little bit more. Where can people find you on Instagram, BT Dubs? Oh, this is just at Next Gen Men. At Next Gen Men. Perfect. Uh, go check us out at Next Gen Men on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also you'll find this recording on YouTube as well, too. You can if you can subscribe, you know, smash that subscribe button. I can't believe I'm saying Please those don't. words. Uh, <laughs> smash the subscribe button. Um <laughs> um so yeah no thanks for thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening if you're on um the modern manhood feed thanks so much uh and you will hear a new episode hopefully by the end of this month so um we're very excited to bring that episode to you it's gonna be all about sex education so i'm very excited uh, to bring that as well um yeah and then we're we're pretty much on our last few episodes here of the season of modern manhood we're, we're ending it off in november um and then yeah and then we'll see what happens after that and then hopefully samantha will bring some masculinity as well too to her podcast um so that will be awesome as well uh so yeah so <clears throat> thanks again for tuning into cold takes um yeah and have a wonderful week whatever it is yeah. make sure you don't vote for conservatives that's all i gotta say uh, <laughs> If you see anyone with a skirt, let them know that you appreciate it. Just leave them alone. Just let them yes. Just let them <laughs> leave the life. Care. Yes. Keep going. Keep walking. Uh, there. Also that. Yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.